Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're talking about how to stay productive while working at home, what we're doing during this time of quarantine, where everyone is uh, kind of adjusting and adapting to a new schedule. Hopefully we sound better than usual or or about the same as usual, actually, is what we hopefully sound like, because we're actually taking advantage of, you know, this time when so much is changing to try a new online recording platform for recording our podcast, which actually a lot of different uh, podcasters are trying. You might have heard different uh, podcasts mentioning it. It's called Zencaster. And so far, I mean, it seems a lot easier to use and a lot better sounding for us, but we'll have to see how much better or how different it sounds for you guys on your end. Yeah, our, our audio sounds incredible. I mean, basically, this solved. We were FaceTiming before and we were well, we were FaceTiming it was, it was and recording mess. each on our own end. Now, with this, we can still FaceTime or still communicate, you know, over some video chat platform to see each other. But now this is recording it on its own servers with each of us, you know, sending our audio in. It records it, spits out the files. I just edit them quickly or they can automatically edit it and boom. And we're I even done. have little sound effects. I can do like something like that if we want, which I yeah. probably will never use. But you know, hey, we used it once. I love it. I love yeah, it. There we go. We got our money's worth. Wait, so Gabe, can you? Does that mean you can roll our quick news intro? Yeah, we're actually we're basically like a radio show. I have a whole you know panel of stuff I can hit, and I actually uploaded our quick news intro, so I can just click it right now, and we can go to quick news. <laughs> Phenomenal intro. Thank oh, that you, is Gabe. that is so much awesomer than just you know imagining it in our yeah, head imagining and in, post, it in post like having a yeah, Gabe, you're putting this in right. Like we're gonna have the intro. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you for that. I think basically um, for anyone living under a rock, which to some degree is everyone, like we're all kind of just hunkering down for the most part. Our own uh, little but, home and apartment rocks. Yeah, because of this uh, this COVID nineteen and the virus going around. But Gabe, you found actually a lot of companies doing really interesting um like it's not really marketing but offering a lot of benefits to consumers to take advantage yeah, this of is, this this is a very very interesting time for you know tech companies people's consumption habits people's daily habits are shifting so much and potentially this offers a good time to not only get new users in but to really you know get some good pr because you're actually helping people out cope with you know these arguably very difficult and strenuous times so right off the bat apple uh, is actually they made a whole website and an app dedicated to you know making it easy for people to diagnose if they have COVID nineteen symptoms and actually give out some you know good information about where you can go to get tested or stuff like that. So that and it looks really good. That's you know it's Apple, so of course it's going to have a good I, UI. I and actually everything. took this test, and I have to compliment Apple on this. It's well designed. It's easy to understand. It's intuitive, and what I love about it is it gives you next steps. So you go through, you answer a few simple questions. And based on your responses, Apple provides additional information, provides a recommendation of what the next step should be for you. And then you just have some resources right there. So I like it. And, I think it's a really unlike, big help. And, yeah. Unlike WebMD, you can actually not come down with cancer or have the disease that you're looking up. I know. It, that, that's how it usually works hard. with sites like that when you self-diagnose. Right, right. So this, this is helpful. It's an actionable step. You can... Use this tool for free on Apple's website. They also made an app for iPhones. Check it out if you're interested. Hopefully none of you actually need that. But if you do, you can use it. Apple also 
they're really they're really on top of the ball here as far as putting stuff out. They made uh, Final Cut Pro X and Logic Pro X free trials that are now 90 days instead of 30 days. So use this time to, you know, if you ever wanted to dive into Final Cut Pro X or you know start editing some audio or making music in Logic, you can get free trials. And that's three months of free trials. Jeez, um, that's and, so long. Is it is it 90 or 60? 90 days. I'm pretty wow. sure. Yeah. I, I, that's incredible. I mean, this is this is basically the perfect opportunity where you can bundle a free trial, an extended free trial, if you will, from a program like uh, Final Cut Pro 10, uh, Motion, or even something from Adobe. Pair that with a learning platform like Skillshare, and boom, you know you can get new skills, get rocking and rolling, uh, bump up your editing and production, and learn something new. So that's pretty great. And yeah, finally, Tinder. They are making their passport feature free, which allows you to basically, if you don't know Tinder, the app where you swipe uh, and match with different, you know, people, opposite, same sex, whatever. And since people are all quarantined and can't travel around, can't actually go out and go on dates or hook up, they are making it so you can, you know, say, I want to swipe with people from L.A. or swipe with people from Madrid or wherever. And you can match with people like you're in that city. And then you can, you know, have some cool chats uh, or sexting or whatever you guys want to do with those people from all around the world, potentially. So Gabe, where would where would you go with your passport? I would probably go. I don't know. Let's go uh, Iceland. I like the people are very friendly there when I visited it or maybe go to some, you know, warm weather area because I feel like people are always in a good mood there. So that's I what hear. I would do. Warm weather. Show me around. Let me let me go visit. Say hi. Take me all yeah, the best take, places. Take a picture out of your balcony and then uh, turn that camera around and ooh, show me some other sexy pictures right <laughs> i guess that was that's what tinder is for a, a Dave, hotter a hotter view let's say turn the heat um, up even more otherwise have- a, a couple other things yeah doordash uh instacart and services like that grubhub are offering some free delivery so check those out i know Yum. one of the services were offering free grocery delivery for elders you know people over 65 or whatever so yeah basically all companies are offering some sort of helpful thing most likely if you look into it, I know Adobe was even offering uh, their free creative cloud to like students who are doing at home learning. So, you know, if you went to a college that has Adobe creative cloud in their labs and stuff and you can't access that now, you can actually get all of their creative cloud at home on your computer. So, yeah, really some helpful stuff out there. I know even Pornhub is offering a premium trial or a premium membership to all their users. If that's World, you know, worldwide worldwide yeah it doesn't matter where you are and they even donated uh 50,000 surgical masks or you know protective masks to new york city so companies all around the world this is really offering a good chance for them to you know offer free stuff to users and really do some good pr moves it's great for you too because you can learn something new and improve your skill set and it is kind of beneficial for companies as well because once you get into their platform like with adobe then you're more likely to stay with that platform as you're familiar with it um, we'll continue using their products and actually there, turn there into is, a pain. There is customer. some downsides to this, though. What What are the downsides? Well, because so many people are at home, you know, using their internet, streaming video, streaming games, whatever it is, uh, internet usage has just skyrocketed in the past, you know, month, week, even something. I saw that, uh, you know, like Microsoft Teams, uh, they went from 32 to 44 million users between March 11th and March 18th. Gee, that's so such a, a, that's a significant week. jump in such a short time period. Yeah, and Slack saw a 40% increase in subscribers uh, in the same time period. Do you know so what like, Zoom what Zoom saw? We're using Zoom right now, everybody, to, to video I, chat. I don't know what they saw, but I'm assuming it 
it probably is just as high, if not higher. Like pretty much, yeah, video chatting software is seeing a huge increase. Netflix streaming has gone off the chart. And as a result, you've seen uh, actually it started in Europe where they asked Google and Netflix and Amazon Prime, Twitch, all those video streaming services to downgrade their standard or their auto play video thing to standard definition. Uh, so that that happened. But now it's pretty much all around the world. YouTube has actually by default will stream in standard definition rather than HD so that, you know, you're not consuming as much data. And it's I mean, it's a short term sacrifice. And if you're watching on a mobile phone, you won't really even notice because it's such a small screen. But hey, if we got to do that so that everyone can enjoy the Internet, I think it's worth it. You know, it's definitely tough when you're used to watching things at potentially higher quality. But with everyone, all the learning and, and business communication that needs to go on. It is definitely worth it. Or podcasting over internet like this. Exactly. Something interesting as a sort of tangent to this is that a lot of mobile carriers are offering additional hotspot data or cellular data to their plans. And the reason... that's, That's a lot of the way that people access the internet. Well, it's a way some people access the internet. And what's happening is because so many people are at home and on Wi-Fi, this extra data doesn't really impact a whole lot of people carriers can offer this because so many people are actually not going to need it or even take advantage of it so it's kind of like a a a gesture that seems nice but in actuality isn't really impacting the. i I didn't even think about that at all that's a really good point right and then all of a sudden let's say for some individuals they end up using more data boom when this ends they're going to be like oh man i need to upgrade my plan suddenly they're spending more with the carrier and it is kind of a big win. So win check win with for your, both, though. Yeah, check with your carrier and your provider to see if you get a, a bonus or any new data is added. On another uh, similar smartphone note, we had some new phones released: Xiaomi Mi 10, Xiaomi Mi 10 Pro, Huawei P40 Pro Plus, Huawei P40 Pro, and the Huawei P40. There will be uh, plenty of articles online covering the details of these. Basically, amazing cameras, beautiful displays, top of the line specs. Um, if you're interested in uh, these these flagship phones coming out of uh, some lesser known carrier, well, I guess they're bigger carriers, but I think they're bigger in China. Yeah, they're not they're not mainstream in the U.S., especially since uh, the United States banned Huawei from doing really any business with U.S. companies. Yeah, so that was a little that, bit of that kink. definitely hurt their <laughs> their impact here in the U.S. Though they they are really good looking phones. Super high specs uh, makes me often, you know, dubious about their actual, you know, like the software quality and like especially video and that's, camera quality. That's the on them. biggest thing. They are spec heavy, but the user experience, in my opinion, is definitely less polished than, say, the Google Pixel Four or something like that. Yeah, it seems like it's compensating a bit with specs uh, rather than you know being well rounded, but. Moving on to uh, other new products, you know, there's not much new stuff coming out right now. We will probably be getting, uh, coming into April, we'll be getting a lot of new like camera gear and stuff like that that was intended to come out at NAB, but since that's been pushed back or well, canceled essentially till the NAB uh, New York City in the fall, we're going to get a lot of, you know, gimbals, new cameras, potentially some new drones coming out in April. And leading that off is the company Zyun Tech, who primarily primarily makes gimbals they released a new gimbal, which is really impressive, honestly. It can support up to 14.3 pounds, 
That's huge. Now what I don't do you know if you know a red camera. Yeah. Oh my god! In the image, they actually have yes, a exactly. red camera. Like you can literally with a single-handed camera gimbal that is kind of like the Ronin S. You can support everything from like your you know small DSLR mirrorless camera up to yeah a red camera fully kitted with a lens and everything. So your biceps must be enormous in order well, to be operating this thing. That's I'm the seeing- interesting thing is that that's. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but the big thing with this new gimbal is that it's not only a single-handed gimbal. You can now mount it on a lot of different things, including cranes or, you know, something off a car. So it's really super small, but it can be attached to a bunch of things. So, you know, you don't have to be using a RED camera single-handed running around. You could be mounting that on, you know, a crane arm, you know, coming off a car, coming off, you know, a a setup, or even some of their two-handed gimbal like things that you can add on. I'm really interested to see how DJI responds to this with their Ronin lineup of stabilized handheld. Oh, this gimbals. is yeah, this is definitely they threw down the gauntlet with this one. It starts at 750 uh for the um or 740 actually, sorry, for the regular Crane S version. They have then the Crane 3S Pro that is up a lot more expensive at $1,149, but that comes with actually a built-in zoom and focus controller transmitters. So you can, you know, uh, on the go, you know, control your zoom and focus uh, wirelessly. And also you can get video transmitted as well. Looks sweet. So, Do we know when this thing is coming out? Uh, it says coming soon on the B&H thing. I heard it's should be shipping very soon within like the next uh, week, two weeks or so. And yeah, that's I mean, usually if they have a pre-order or stock alert, you know that it's going to be out fairly soon. So looks that's good. exciting looks to good. see. Yeah. You can I, you can get some smooth shots around your house of your cat or whatever. Yeah, with your red camera, your cat yeah, exactly. has never looked better. Trust never me, never looked never looked better. You know, cinema quality in your house, great. Some interesting news that I found uh, that came up was that the iPad Pro, Apple released a new iPad Pro, and it turns out they're actually using the same processor from last year, but it just has an additional core enabled. And what's happening here is basically when manufacturers make processors there's a a certain yield rate that doesn't quite meet the spec that they're hoping for and in most cases let's say intel they make their i9 top of the line chip and they run and 60 percent make that cut has that super high-end performance but the extra 40 percent don't well what happens to those chips is they're actually repurposed as i3 i5 or i7 chips with that meet those spec performances as opposed to the i9. So they're kind of repurposed. And then as the manufacturing process improves, you get a higher percent yield, which meet the performance threshold. And all of a sudden you have chips that are basically able to operate um, as their intended capacity. That's basically what happened with the iPad last year. So it's, specs- this, is, this is a long-winded way of saying that basically the new iPad, the only really new thing in it, the new iPad Pro that is, is the lidar and like super wide angle lens on the back thank you Gabe. is that correct that's, yeah that's that's correct uh so if you don't need lidar which odds are you probably don't save your money scoop or up. you don't even if you don't even know what that is you probably don't need it as well <laughs> scoop up last year's model hopefully you can see some good deals soon oh yeah that's i mean that's seems very apple to do that and it's unfortunate but hey, at least you know it's a new ipad pro that's a bit exciting but not quite as new as we thought. All right, yeah, that's pretty much it for quick news. Moving on, we have, of course, Go Review, 
Now, last week I reviewed the Insta360 ONE R, very exciting 360 action camera. Uh, you can go back listen to that if you want to. Then this week or this episode, I guess because we're bi-weekly, uh, we have 5G, which is what I asked you to review, Stetson. Yeah, so I went out and I reviewed 5G. I tweeted on Twitter and I posted on Reddit to try and get some third and let, party. Let's influence. just say this was this was luckily before you know your state home state got shut down. Well, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was funny enough. We were planning our cross country trip. I signed up for AT and T, T Mobile, and Verizon, and I already had Sprint, so I had all major providers. I had the new Galaxy S twenty. And I went into Boston and did some speed tests. I went around towns in my area to do some testing uh, to see if I could connect to the new 5G networks, see what the performance was like, and see what to expect. All and right. I and think what is what is your big takeaway? Give us. Let's if, dive if in. If you had your soundboard and there was like a wah 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 wah, wah sound, oh, no. uh, I think. I mean, basically, here's the deal with 5G. It's awesome if you get it, but it's not ready for prime time. So odds are 99% of people listening to this podcast will not have 5G. And as a result, it's kind of, you know, it's just not having the impact right now that it's being promoted to have. And I think Verizon is kind of the culprit, like 5G built right. I guess I don't want to pin everything on Verizon, but but I think the impact just isn't there. So you are getting faster speeds to break down 5G. There's three levels. High band, this is the millimeter wave. High frequency, short waves, small coverage area. It doesn't go through buildings, so that's kind of a negative there. But you get super fast speeds, like way better than your home internet. So it's almost like localized Wi-Fi. It's exactly. In fact, something interesting that I noticed is Verizon is offering a 5G home internet service where instead of getting a fiber optic cable, routed to your home through telephone wires or under the ground, you can get a 5G router or a 5G connected device, plug it into a router and create your home internet that way. The problem, if you look on Verizon's coverage map, they literally are building out their 5G network block by block. Wow. Like the coverage is so limited. Uh, In fact, I actually wasn't able to test it because my Galaxy S20 that I purchased unlocked, for whatever reason, didn't connect to the network. Something about how the SIM card, I think, was provisioned. So that was a letdown. So were you never able to test Verizon's? I They're sending me a new SIM card. I'm hoping to test it out next week. But um, in terms of like driving into Boston and everything I had to do to, to get it set up and chatting with support, which they didn't really seem to know what was going on, and that wasn't super helpful. But I'm hoping to test that soon. So I otherwise... Think- other than Verizon, what was the fastest service and what was the one that had the most widespread coverage in your testing? In my area, I think T-Mobile had the most widespread coverage. AT&T actually did a pretty good job too. They had some decent coverage. I hit around 150 megabits per second down on AT&T, which I mean, it's nothing like unbelievable, but it's pretty well, great. But that is that is like decently fast home internet speeds almost. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. And... Uh, this is on AT&T's mid-band and low-band uh, networks, which is basically you have mid-band sort of like medium wavelengths, and it's a balance between coverage and speeds. And then low-band is lower frequency waves, much greater coverage, but in general, slower speeds. And that with AT&T and T-Mobile, I was able to get those 
connections in more areas and enjoy the basically the lower latency, the improved reliability and the improved speeds. Um, but again, in general, it's just not ready for prime time. And that was kind of the consensus on Reddit and Twitter. Like uh, one commenter here says, it's a thing, meh, talk to me in three years. <laughs> so like, it's just, it's not ready yet. We don't have the 5G devices to even take advantage of it. So it, it this really feels, yeah, like it's the, you know, kind of 4G came out, I think 2011, 2012, and it really wasn't widespread until 2015. This seems, especially if you're with like companies like Verizon, like it'll take even longer potentially to to move block by block out until it eventually gets to you. I mean, are is Verizon like they're mainly doing that higher band? Yeah, right? Verizon. Are they doing at... any any long range band five G or they? I think they will be. I'm not sure what their build out strategy is yet in terms of timeline, and I'm sure everything just got slowed way down with the virus. But ultimately, I think all carriers will be trying to cover spectrum across the low band, the mid band, and the high band. And what they do is, let's say you have people in a city, they want the people closest to a cell tower on the high band. And then as you move farther away, they want those people on the mid band. Then as you move continually farther away, they want those people on the low band. And separating uh, the users out helps decrease network congestion. And that ultimately will help with speed, performance, and reliability. I will say though, uh, there was one comment on Reddit that made the point, you know, when 4G came out, it was, yeah, it was faster than 3G. And maybe some people thought a lot about it, maybe they didn't, but it enabled a lot of awesome services like Uber, uh, a lot of social media sites, live streaming, tweeting, like doing work on the go. Uh, a lot of things we weren't necessarily able to do as well or at all before. and. I think the same could be true with 5G. We just haven't realized those possibilities yet. Well, yeah, that seems like a very good review of 5G. Uh, you know, I I haven't tried it yet. I'm excited to maybe in the next, I'm thinking probably the next year or two, maybe when if I get the new iPhone in the fall, which supposedly might have been pushed back to December, by the way. We didn't mention that in quick news. But, you know, with this whole COVID-19 thing, I think their factories being shut down in China and stuff like that. Yeah, we're going to see phones move back. But, I, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it eventually. Like like you mentioned, not a lot of places have it. And so it really seems like, yeah, you might get a phone with it, but who cares? Because it'll only use it when you're like you're going into the big cities. I think it'll be a bigger a bigger deal when the new iPhone supports it. And I think actually with Verizon's 5G Internet approach, the other carriers could do this, too, with 5G and Essentially, in more rural locations where internet speeds may not be as good, you can, you know, get a 5G router, plug in, and use that for home internet. I think that's a very viable possibility. Would would they even have 5G there, though, is the question, if it's a rural area? I think the possibility of building out 5G is more likely than the possibility of building out a fiber connection to that location. So, and even rather rather than laying, rather than like, like 200 miles of cable in the middle of Iowa in order to give like five houses fiber optic cable yeah you can pop up a cell tower something like that and what you could do is even even if it worked with 4g and the 4g network just got less congested i think that would be a huge help but true it's all right well yeah do you have anything for me to review uh, i i was thinking i mean (laughs) it 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 would be beneficial if you could stay at home for this one right like you don't want to 
yeah, you could be very cruel to me and, you know, send me out and say, all right, you've got to go, uh, you know, to a grocery store every day of the week and test out. The, I don't know. Yeah, you could you could you could be uh, cruel or you could be nice to me. You pick. Can, can I give you a choice? I mean, there's no, two, just oh, just one. Give me. All right. All right give me, this would be unprecedented, unprecedented. You know, in, in, our, in our three reviews we've had so far. I. I think that while you're at home, it's a great opportunity to learn some new recipes. And I know you've done some meal subscription services. So I would wonder if you could shed some light on maybe your favorite one, or if you've tried a couple, what the experience is like and how that works, signing up, doing it by yourself or doing it with a family. And the other idea I had was you just got Google Stadia, and I wasn't sure if you wanted to review that. But those those are my two ideas. So I would I would say maybe food subscription or Google Stadia and you can or I could find there. a crossover between those somehow so meals Ga- for gamers gaming the meal system I don't know I'll, I'll think about that we'll find out next episode I guess you'll have to tune in then I am a vegetarian so that might affect you know my review of the meal subscription so I might go with gaming but then again we're also not known for our gaming uh coverage I on know this that's podcast. that's why I was hesitant but yeah I'm that, that would break our standards well, I guess you'll just have to wait and see. We'll keep people in suspense. But that was Go Review. Very good review of 5G. Uh, let us know if you have 5G where you are and if your you know, opinion is that it's great or if you think, hey, cell companies should just work on getting me service. So, you know, when I'm talking on the phone on my way uh, for commute, you know, I can actually it, get it doesn't, uh, 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 Yeah. And you, uh, exactly. But then you like won't be that. able to use that as an excuse for, you know, when you don't want to talk to someone. Oh, yeah. Get, I think we're breaking up, Gabe. Oh, oh man. Stetson, I can still I'm see kidding. you on oh, the man. video doing that, oh, too. That's yeah. embarrassing. Well, moving on to our main topic and subject of the episode, you know, everyone pretty much, if they're still working, is most likely working at home. And as a result of that, obviously, many people have been faced with this challenge of how do I actually work productively you know, in a space where I'm not get you know, following a routine that's enforced by physical, you know, distance of like, all right, I have to get in my car, drive to work, or I have to get on the subway, go to work and stuff like that. And, you know, especially if you're like in a tiny studio apartment and your work is across, you know, the room at your desk, which is also your table that you eat on. And then your bed's two feet away from you. Like Stetson, you've been working home for a while. I've worked from home a decent amount. I figured this is right up your alley of productivity hacks and, you know, task keeping and stuff like that. So kick us off. Where do we start with how can people work from home more productively and, you know, maintain a somewhat schedule in this new weird times we're facing? I love this idea. And I definitely feel like it's it's taking some time for people to adjust to it, understand what it means to work at home and to get everything figured out. Make sure your internet is fast enough and get Zoom downloaded. I think, honestly, one of the biggest things for me is actually developing and sticking to a routine. There's something honestly amazing about driving into an office and physically distancing yourself to a new location to do work. I feel it puts me in a new mindset, gets me ready to start working on a new project or really focused on a task. And while I'm at home, I I don't know about you, Gabe, but I definitely feel like I am more likely to be distracted, get off task, do something else. And so I think developing routine, waking up at a consistent time, having something you do or an order of doing things uh, to help you get into a work mindset. And I'm lucky enough, I live on a loop that's actually half a mile. And so what I did this past week is I woke up, 
got ready for work, walked around my loop as my sort of commute, if you will, and then got into a workspace and uh, really tried to focus. And that, I don't know, that that's one tip I have is developing a routine. Do you, if, if do you people routine? can, If people can get outside, because I know in some cities, yeah. like you're not really allowed outside right now for stuff other than, you know, going to the grocery store or, you know, really essential things. What you can do is, uh, you had mentioned this, right? Where you got a, a free workout or something like that? Yeah, there's, yeah, this, uh, you know, companies like I think Planet Fitness is streaming workouts. And there's also a lot of fitness bloggers and, you know, influencers who are offering their like workouts that they've created and meal plans and stuff for free potentially or at discounted prices during this time. So yeah, I that, think that could be a great option as well like do a quick workout before you go to work or maybe stretch if get you want to do get something your blood easier. flowing or something yeah yoga flow exactly. routine or something maybe exactly. yeah that's a, i mean that's a good thing i mean besides doing like a real you know walking a loop going for a drive out just you know a five minute drive to just make you seem like you're you know actually going someplace it can often be that you're having you know a clear definition in your space even if it's a small apartment, like when I uh, was living on my own in an apartment where I moved back in with my parents for this whole catastrophe happened, I had, you know, one area that was, this is, all right, this is my studio in quotes, where I had a desk that I would not, you know, watch videos on or do stuff that was for entertainment or fun. It was really, I was only working when I was in that area. And then when I left that area, then I was, you know, I could do whatever I want, but I made it clear that, you know, this wasn't an area to play in or, you know, to just chill in. This was my work area. So when I walked into and I sat down at my chair at my desk, all right, I'm working now. And that might be something that you have to force yourself to do, you know, whether it's all right, I can't, you know, watch, you know, YouTube videos or Netflix on my computer at this table or at this desk, and I'll watch them on the couch or, you know, on my bed or whatever. You might have to do that so that you have that clear definition of this desk or this area where I'm sitting is where I'm working from. It's not where I'm playing from. How did that work for you? Like if you wanted to watch a video or something or you felt yourself getting distracted, did you did you make yourself get up and leave or, or like what happened? Well, it was just the type of thing where it kind of enforced, all right, if I'm in this room, you know, I didn't want to have to keep getting up. All right, let me go play. Let me get back. I was just I got into the mindset of I'm working now. And so I wouldn't go in that room if I wanted to watch a video. I would go in that room with, all right, I'm going to work. You know, I'm going to edit a video or I'm going to film a video or record a voiceover or something. I'd go into that room do the thing I needed to do. And then if I was once I was done with it, uh, or you know, I wanted a break, I would leave that room. And then I could take a break. So it was I it really was very, like it was very beneficial, because initially, I wasn't doing that. And I was really, you know, upset and struggling because I, I was getting so sidetracked and doing things, you know, all right, hey, I've been sitting in this work area for four hours, but have gotten nothing done. So this, this way, you can make it feel more productive and feel like, all right, I'm plugged in now I'm working and then all right, I'm away from that area. I can do whatever I want. Something that helped me too was cleaning my workspace out and reducing the number of distractions. So I will often physically put my phone in a different room. And that that definitely helps me like having it or, not or just even desk. across the room. So it's out of arm's reach, out of arm's reach, out of sight behind me somewhere. I can't see it. So if I get a notification in the screen, you, do you put up, it in also do not disturb mode or something like that. I am pretty hardcore. Do not disturb. I will also, I mean, I don't really get too many notifications. I guess I'm lucky to some degree. I may, maybe I'm just lonely. Oh, but I don't know. I, I keep it so I don't see it, and it. It won't, yeah, it won't distract me. And I think that that's been a huge help. And also just 
cleaning my workspace off, making sure the desk doesn't have any unnecessary belongings on it, and having a glass of water by my side. Like, let me tell you, staying hydrated really helps me. What What do you keep like at your desk within arm's reach? Like, what helps you get? Work I, I do. Done? I do find that water is very helpful. I don't know why. Like it kind of de- it's taking a drink of water kind of like gives you a, it's like almost taking a deep breath i think it de-stresses you a it refreshes you so you do have more you're hydrated and everything uh one thing i find is i will sometimes keep my phone nearby but if i do that the bigger thing is to turn it into the um, no saturation mode or turn off all colors on your phone which you can look it up online how to turn it into black and white mode but this is available on android you know iphones and it really helps make the phone less engaging. It's it's kind of scary how much less engaging an app or your home screen seems when there's no colors than when there is colors. So this is something I would definitely consider doing if you still need to have your phone there for, you know, text to pop up, whatever. But I would agree with you. Yes, putting it, you know, across the room in a different place or even turning it off completely makes it so much easier to just all right, I don't have to worry about and let that phone or worry about notifications taking up a piece of my brain space. I love your idea of actually turning the phone into black and white mode too. I noticed I started using a black wallpaper and that helps to some degree. It's it's not very attractive. It doesn't look great, but that's the point. Uh, the other thing I want to say is what gets me is the two-factor authentication. I don't know about you, but I'm so secure that I try and log into a work-related service or task and boom, not even a minute into oh, starting gotcha. work. And I have to go back and grab my phone and there's a whole risk for for being distracted. So I really like your, you know, turn off all of the colors, desaturate that screen, make it as unappealing as possible while giving you a visual cue that, hey, you're working now. What also works for me is setting timers. And I think this has probably been the single biggest thing that I've started doing uh, to help me stay focused and productive. Like, all right, I'm going to work on this task for 30 minutes and then I'll do not disturb mode, 30 minute, just get started, grind. And often I find after the 30 minutes, I'll want to just keep going. Like I'll be in the zone and want to uh, continue moving through that task or project. So with with that, do you set a countdown timer or a count up timer? I, I set a countdown timer, which okay. to some degree is distracting when it goes off, but having that mindset of, all right, it's only 30 minutes, just get me started. And honestly, the biggest hurdle is sometimes just starting the task. Like it seems too big or daunting, but putting it into a, a time chunk where I only have to do 30 minutes or I'm only doing it for an hour and then I can take a break. That gives me a stopping point And it also gives me time to really focus and pour all my energy into that one task. That, yeah, I've, I've used that. And there's actually some apps out there dedicated to that. I think there's one called trees or something that or forest, maybe that you, you know, you plant, you say, all right, I want to be, you know, 25 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever, select the time. And then you hit start and it will, if you open your phone or, you know, close that app during that time period, it kills the tree that you're trying oh, to plant during that sad. time period. So it kind of creates this, you know, little bit of like, all right, let me, you know, gamifies it. And so you're trying to, you know, plant a tree and you can see then over the course of a week how many trees you've planted. And hopefully, ideally, then you have a forest. And if, you know, you get to the end of that and you grow enough, I think you get coins and stuff. And then eventually you can even plant real trees in the real world. So I also and, like yeah, that. kind of interesting takes on it. But I definitely agree that, yeah, if you can set a timer or something 
you know, to even start with five minutes and then say, all right, and then I'll take a break and then maybe do, all right, let's go 20 minutes and I can take a little break. It's a way to, to, to set it. So it's not an indefinite amount. All right. I have to sit down and work for six hours. You know, it gets you to ease into it. Like you said, the other thing too, is to uh, set a timer for your break. You definitely don't want to be breaking too hard. You want to be able to have time to relax, recuperate, and then you also want to be able to jump back into being productive and working on what you want to be working on. One thing, you know, also that's while we're also at home, and even though this is working at home, it's also very isolated too, because a lot of people are used to, you know, being with friends, just going out at night or stuff like that, but also, you know, working with colleagues and stuff. And even though you might be doing Zoom and all sorts of different, you know, communicating over electronic forms to stay in touch, uh, it's, it definitely takes a big, I mean, I've noticed even on myself, and I'm not the most social person, that it's a big, you know, deal. And it's a big change to all of a sudden be completely cut off almost from a lot of people in your life in a physical, like, interaction format. Yeah, there's a lot of subtle interactions that take place that just aren't happening anymore, like saying hi to the barista or checking out at well i guess i don't really check out at a grocery store but you know going to a restaurant ordering food asking what's recommended on the menu and just being in that kind of environment with the background chatter and the atmosphere it's weird gabe i agree with you like i kind of i kind of miss people going yeah, out right? leaving who, the who would have thought it but so the interesting thing is i was thinking about this yesterday who could be prepared for this or how could people prepare for this and then all of a sudden i saw pop up in my recommended videos today Chris Hadfield, who if you don't know, he's this astronaut, uh, did some missions a while ago for the U.S. You know, I don't think he's well known as far as astronauts go. I don't know. But he seems like a very cool dude. And he put out a little short YouTube video with some tips on how to you know, survive in isolation and thrive in isolation, which I mean, you can't think of anyone really more isolated than an astronaut, right? You're up there. You're all alone. It's true. I mean, and maybe, then maybe you have like two other people with you. But yeah, you're pretty cut off. You got to find some way to occupy the time. One thing I've I've started doing too is like writing things down. I don't, did what did the astronaut recommend? Well, he he had a list of four. I guess it's not really specific things, but kind of a, a way or like a process to go through. So first thing he said was understand the actual risk, which is a you know for if you're in space, I guess it's understanding. Oh, what's you could get you know easily thought up and caught up in like, oh you know I'm gonna I'm so separated I'm all alone I'm gonna die out here like stuff like that right. But like, what's the actual risk? So with this, it'd be like, what's the risk of you, you know, dying from this disease? What are your friends dying from this disease? You know, don't get caught up reading Twitter, which has just gotten so horrible in some areas of like just dis- information overload. You know, this is how many people have died or stuff like that. You know, you don't need to know all that stuff potentially all the time. So understand what the actual risk is to yourself is the first thing. And don't let it become take up more than it should in your life and in your brain space, I think. You already know all you really need to know about this virus. And what's left for you to do is focus on yourself. Focus on what you want to be doing, what you want to be creating, your goals, your aspirations, yeah. something like that. So that's yeah. that sounds like the first step in his process. Yeah. Focus on identifying the risk to yourself and make sure it's not occupying too much of your brain space. Yeah, understand the actual risk, not, not getting over- obsessed with it. Sure. And yeah. So step two, though, is clearly know your mission and goal. So basically, you want to identify what your tasks are for the afternoon, for example, if you're working at home or for the day. What do I have to do today? What is my list of things to do? 
and or things that I want to do or have to do, you know, stuff like that. So is it all right, I have to, you know, get up, brush my teeth, you know, very simple stuff like make it put them all out on the list and make a schedule or however you want to do. But make sure you clearly know this is what I want to do slash have to do today. And yeah, identify them. And then you have a, a at least a plan for your day somewhat. I'll, I'll upvote that. That's something I've been doing is I write out every day. I write my goals down and I plan out sections of the day or the one big task I want to accomplish. So recently I've been, hey, I want to make three videos this week. These are the three videos. And then on Monday, all right, I'm tackling this video. What do I need to, to do to get this video done? And for me, writing down my goals every day and reminding myself what I want to be focusing on has really helped me think about that and those tasks much more than uh, everything else that can be going on outside. And for me, it's definitely helped. So big thumbs up for for step number two there. Yeah. Step number three is kind of the realism. It's saying uh, know your obligations. So know like who's, so for example, all right, I have to do this for work. So that probably is a little more higher up on the list of stuff you should do that day. Or know, hey, you know, uh, I need to make money. So I need to, I need to do my work or I need to, you know, your financial things. So it kind of gives you a priority of stuff you need to do and gives you kind of a way to attack that uh, list of your tasks that you want to accomplish that day. So step two, you're making your list. Step three, you're prioritizing your list to some degree. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And then step four is a very simple thing. Take action. You know, don't don't worry about other things and just just go to. All right, I'm doing it now. And I you think need that's the, the Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Exactly right. Put that, your... put that meme on loop and, you know, or I, someone has to have remixed that into a song by now. But, you know, take Nike's motto and just do it and get to get to doing. And that's the only way you're going to make it through that list of stuff. This is where I think timers come in. Setting a like a five minute timer and starting one task for five minutes, I find it gives your mind a low barrier to entry. And once you're inside, it's you get the momentum going and it's like Newton's laws of physics. Once you're in motion, you stay in motion. Yeah. So what do you, advice to those. what tips. do you think? Yeah. I mean, well, shout out to Chris Hadfield for um, bringing those up for a uh, sponsor, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. And maybe we'll see some other astronauts coming up with, you know, tips on how to kind of remain mentally and emotionally, you know, in a good place while you're, in self-isolation to some sorts. But yeah, what have you been doing and what do you think is stuff that people can do uh, to, you know, if, for example, they're, you know, a lot of people, even if they're working at home, their work is greatly reduced. So what should people do in all this free time potentially? Well, as we discussed in the beginning of this episode, often there are a lot of free trials for different software tools and uh, there's great opportunities for learning. And I think what you can do is improve your skill set so that you can build certain skills that you've been wanting to build or think would be beneficial to you to help do your job easier, more efficiently. And this can help you in the future move to a, a job with a higher paying salary. So I think I, that's what I would consider. So it could be like learning um, new software or a, like, you know, like, I don't know, Premiere Pro or Final Cut or Excel diving deeper into that or something. Sure, sure. I, I think that's a great a great step for sure with with free time or maybe focus on uh, self-improvement. Maybe you've been really wanting to get in shape or work out. And now like my parents, for example, 
They used to have a 40-minute commute both ways. That is suddenly gone, so they do get some extra time kind of at the beginning and the end of the day there. And they can use that to focus on, you know, doing a a workout routine or doing yoga or something. And uh, that can be one way to improve your physical health. And that, in turn, can also help your your mental health as well. It's, It's definitely easy to look at what we're losing because of all the, you know, all right, you're not allowed to go to work, you know, you know, all the different constraints we have on our lives. But there is with every time that we have, you know, constraints and hardship, there is always the potential there. And we do see in history, a lot of creativity come out, a lot of new ideas and a lot of growth, potentially, even though it might be really tough, it might be struggling. This is potentially a time when we can see a lot of new ideas come out. And I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, people doing a lot of work on Fiverr and other because obviously, unfortunately, you know, people who are gig workers for like Uber and uh, TaskRabbit and stuff like that, they've seen a huge decrease in the amount of jobs they're getting in their pay. But there are things that you can do online, which are still, you know, like remote work opportunities that are kind of gig work and could potentially at least supplement some income uh, if you you know aren't getting paid as much as you used to. There's another site called usertesting.com where you take user tests for using websites, apps, things like that. And you typically can get 10 to $20 per test. So this could be another opportunity to, you know, do some extra work on the side, potentially earn a little bit more. I know, I know Facebook just released an app called Viewpoints, which basically you take surveys for them and essentially is paying you for their, for your user data, basically. Finally. It's about right. time. Yeah, Andrew Yang all the way. <laughs> and what? yeah, it only it only pays $5 per survey, but hey, that's it's better hey, than nothing. That's, that's way more than the 10 to 20 cents I get from Google surveys. Oh so. yeah, right. Those that's just the awful that's thing. Better that, than nothing. Better than nothing only takes right. a few seconds. Gabe, what what do you have uh what do you think people should be doing with this free timer or what have you been doing with one with your one thing I've recommended to a couple at least photographer friends and videography friends I guess it really doesn't matter anymore everyone has a camera on their smartphone or a lot of people have DSLRs lying, lying around you know that are they've wanted to get into photography is there's this thing called stock photography and stock videography a lot of people have heard about it you know you you picture oh it's the you know the, the idea of an image of a, like a smiling person saying go get it or something you know stuff like that basically it's whenever a news service or some media company needs to put in an image or you know fill out a video with a oh like for example if i they need a drone shot of new york city or a, a shot of someone walking down the street to cut into a video they can go on these stock services sites uh shutterstock there's getty images there's a lot of now i think what's the one story story blocks is the Video That's one. been very popular. It's sponsoring a lot of YouTubers. That's how yep. I've heard about it. And they can, you know, search for that image. Uh, all right, girl with balloon or, you know, cat sleeping. And they can pull up all the images, download an image or buy an image. And then you get paid a percentage of that. Granted, you know, the company that owns the website is also taking a percentage. But you're at least getting something for your work. And especially if you have a huge catalog of images in your library sitting around, if you're a photographer, this now might be the time to go through and start uploading some of those images to some of these uh, shutters, you know, like Shutterstock. I, I would recommend Shutterstock, even though they only pay 25 cents per image. They're pretty good. Also, there's an app uh, called 2020 and Adobe Stock are pretty w- good ones, I, I think, to get started with. Gabe, you're doing this. How How is it working for you? What have, what have you noticed? Well, I've definitely noticed there's been an uptick recently in the amount of images being downloaded, I think, because you know, companies can't send people out to go film stuff or take pictures for them. So they're having to turn to 
you know, all these online platforms that already have media that they can source. And it's actually, I would, I would mention it's not only for photographers, videographers, there are, you know, Adobe stock graphic artists can do a lot of work on there and upload it or even like create fonts for people to buy. Uh, Shutterstock, I know, has a music section where you can create music. So really a lot of, I think even this 3D artists can do stuff for Adobe stock too. So really pretty much any, if you're create any type of art or, you know, have any skill that's not, you know, going to be created for a client, you can create it for the stock services sites that will then, you know, put it on their library of, of images or whatever, and then can be downloaded by potential clients. And it'll help potentially boost your portfolio too. Yeah. And once, and the good thing is once you take this time now to upload stuff and add to your uh, portfolio or whatever, whatever you're going to call it, that once it's up there, it's up there for life and it can be downloaded and found by anyone. So hopefully that pays off. It's an interesting kind of investment. And, you know, given the current state of the economy, making that kind of investment may make more sense. The other thing I want to mention was video conferencing, because are you video conferencing at all? Probably not. Not a lot. Um, I've mainly been doing like phone calls, but occasionally now and then, yeah, I've been doing some video conferences. But Well, I wanted to go through like tips for just having a good video conference call. Okay. And like, like biggest one, open the app beforehand, get, like try it out, familiarize, familiarize yourself, sign in and yeah, stuff sign like that. In, yeah. Make sure your microphone and your camera's there and everything's all good. Test call uh, this, with a friend maybe or yeah, test call that's from a your great, laptop to your phone. Skype, maybe. Skype does a test call where you can make sure the audio is working, which is the most important aspect. You need people to hear you. And the second thing I would say is to make sure you have good lighting and you want to make sure your light source is either in front of you or maybe a little bit off to the side. So don't sit with a window directly behind you. Put the yeah, window in oh, front of that's, you. That's a classic uh, scenario and setup that people do. And you're like, oh, no. Or don't put a light directly behind you. Exactly. And make sure you you dress nicely, uh, put pants on. And I think everyone in today's age is being pretty forgiving about kids, dogs, other noises that may happen because, hey, everyone's at home now. Uh, but it is it could be, you know, something to be mindful of. Say, hey, I'm doing this conference call or whatever. Could you keep it down or could you knock before you come in? And that will uh, help minimize potential embarrassing moments. Now, you mentioned good audio quality. Should people go out and buy a $500 mic and audio setup right away? or <laughs> That would about? actually be great. I would love that. What you should do is just use headphones. The, the $30 Apple earbuds, they work great. The earbuds that came with your phone, they're going to work great. Really, just if you have head, a pair of headphones plugged into your computer, that's going to deliver better audio than what's built into your computer. And you won't get the keyboard typing sound. And you, and you also won't get the feedback of the audio playing back from your computer speakers and getting having to like do some you know software cancellation to not get feedback. Exactly, exactly. So I think I think those are some some pretty basic key tips for just slightly improving your your video conferencing game because I know people are doing that. I and I would yeah. add that if people do want to upgrade their audio quality potentially or video quality potentially using your tablet or smartphone even it is more likely to have better audio quality than uh, your computer and definitely better video quality because as we know, and we talked about in previous episodes, uh, laptops are still using like 720p video cameras where most smartphones nowadays have vastly improved that to like seven megapixels, 12. What does the new Samsung have on it? Isn't Jeez, it like I think it's got 24? a 30, 
30, 30 yeah. megapixel front facing 32 camera. i think front facing yeah it's ridiculous it's unreal so i don't that, need that, that much would, detail yeah that, i don't want to see that much detail on Put my, my face, face on a billboard please yeah but that would that would be my recommendation is potentially go to a mobile device because it will offer better video and better audio built in and if you do want to get a microphone look for like a nice usb microphone potentially uh road makes some good ones uh yeti also has some nice ones they are back ordered on Amazon and a lot of sites, so you might have to shop around. You know, Best Buy I think is doing curbside pickups if you want it same day, and BNH Photo has nice two day delivery. So yeah, but I would I would say definitely better to go for good quality audio than you know getting a 4K webcam or something like that. You might be able to actually plug in your dslr or mirrorless camera to your i don't computer i don't know i've tried to figure that out it is a lot harder than you think it should be because you have to but get if you, something if you wanted yeah. the supreme quality and well, to then, use way too much internet bandwidth you could yeah right then you should get a movie actually if you really want to get good video streaming because that's that's over the top how crazy you the, think the people you will video conference with 3d cameras 360 cameras excuse me like you pop one in the the middle of a table and then suddenly everyone's all there that well people aren't allowed to be in the same room well maybe in the future gabe maybe in the future once, we once i don't our, know our predictions yeah may, maybe they will be or maybe drones will be able to fly around and also cancel out the propellers so that you can get good audio while video casting yeah uh, that just sounds like an audio nightmare gabe how, how have you been adjusting to this like work I, w- I was home? thinking of coming out with a video of, of like how to drone in your house or get cool drone shots in your apartment you know scare the cat blow all like ruffle all of your tax papers all over the place not, not crash your 1500 dollars drone into a wall or something yeah exactly um i've been uh, it's been definitely easier for me a bit because i live in new hampshire which is very rural and you know has not you know i can go out for like you can go out you're in a uh, little bit of outside of boston you can go for a walk easily around your neighborhood I can do the same around my neighborhood and not have to worry about, you know, how how I'm how I'm possibly going to stay six feet away from someone because I have a whole street, you know, to walk across if someone comes the other way. That's good. Yeah. Honestly, finding ways to to move your body really helps and uh, can help clear your mind. I I think I've taken more walks in the past week than my whole life. Personally, it's great. I'm taking fewer walks. We used to own a dog. And let me tell you, dogs get you to take walks. And I got to respect him for that. That's one great aspect of this is, a this dog. is a low tech fix here is low go adopt fix. a dog potentially exactly boom i know i know our local humane society and shelter only has one dog currently available for adoption because all the other ones have been adopted that's great that's it's, kind of heartwarming it, news it's, it's kind of awesome i think this whole thing is great for dogs dogs are like what have we done to get this holiday cats on the other hand i'm not so sure they're like hey aren't you supposed to be at work so i can go apart about my you know daily cat activities in secret and not have you spying on me yes cats cats are like i'm alarmed is anyone else alarmed we should hold a cat meeting yes we did not approve this decision no but it's yeah that's i mean is there anything else you have for working at home uh or surviving in this isolated state that we're now all living in are are you going to be gaming now i so i do have google stadia and i I don't know if it's shameful to admit. I proudly admit that I have been gaming more. And there we go. It's been it's been fun. It's been interesting. It's a learning. We have, experience. we have to keep it under, I think, what, twenty hours a week so that we can keep hosting this podcast and keep our integrity. 
I think that's a fair. Yeah, keep it under twenty hours. Because we're a not, we're a not gaming podcast, as we exactly. Know. We wouldn't want to change the flip the scale or anything like that. No, not but at all. It is fun. In fact, the World Health Organization did say it was a a recommended activity. Let me see what the headline was um, for people to game. And so here's the headline: Video games can be a healthy social pastime during coronavirus pandemic. That was from USA wow. Today. And I agree. I think it's fun. And what makes it more fun is getting online with friends, honestly doing anything with friends. And I think that that to me should be my final will be my final remark. Like make a make a list of maybe one or two people you want to catch up with every day and uh, give them a call, give them a FaceTime, give them a Google Duo, a, a Zoom video conference, do something like that. And, and yeah, they're, check they're and probably just as lonely as you, most likely. You know, just they're as bored out of their mind, isolated. tired of their parents, or, or I don't know. We we actually did something really fun. My uh, dad organized a Zoom conference call with all of our cousins, and so we had, I think, twelve different people all online at the same time. We we're having a, you know, having a great time chatting it up on Zoom. That sounds really awesome. I know we had some cousins who did. They're all spread out over the world. Their family and they played Trivial Pursuit. You know, the, I think there's like five, six of them in their family and they're all, you know, one's in like Italy, one's in, you know, Israel. I don't know why I'm saying all I countries, but they're, they're all spread out and they can play a game like they're, you know, at home. Amazing. Amazing. And Netflix did actually add a website dedicated to watching uh, movies and TV shows with your friends at the same time, which is really cool. Gabe, do you think you're going to spend more time watching TV shows, movies or playing video games? probably watching tv shows i know i have westworld just came out i have to watch that there's uh, it seems like every day my list is growing longer of tv shows but i do also have a ton of movies i need to watch and i have a lot of video games i need to oh my gosh i'm just i gotta hey. end this podcast now i have i have stuff to play video games to do you hey, know let me let me tell you write your list down set a timer get on it you're gonna have a productive day oh wait i do also have to do work too so let's <laughs> let's add that in all right, thank you so much for listening. You can find us and follow us at Pinch to Zoom Podcast on Twitter, at Pinch to Zoom Pod on Instagram. And that's that's gonna be it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you stay safe out there. Stay sane and stay social, uh, but out of distance, of course. And stay productive. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. You think Apple, wait, weren't they supposed to release an iPhone 9 or whatever? The C? Yeah, the iPhone 9 uh, got delayed, but no one knew about it because Apple didn't, you know, didn't release it. I think April, so sometime in April. When's the last time they released a product in April? Ask that question again in three weeks and I'll say like two days ago.